Good morning, everyone. This morning we're in Matthew 11. And as I take in this chapter, it just reminds me again of the whole counsel of God's Word. I feel like this is a chapter probably rarely preached. At least much of it would be rarely preached on a Sunday morning, which means the common believer wouldn't really know the fullness of Jesus or all the things that he has to say. The only way we would know that is by reading the whole counsel and and getting to know the full Jesus. And let's take this in. When Jesus had finished giving instructions to his 12 disciples, he departed from there to teach and preach in their cities. Now when John, now this is John the Baptist, who had been arrested. He was the one that came out and was pretty bold and was preparing the way for Jesus and the one who baptized Jesus, but had been now arrested and put in prison. Now when John, while in prison, heard the works of Christ. Now, John knew who Jesus was when he baptized him. But I think, you know, John being a prophet, but also a human, has now been locked up in prison for a long time. You know, he has things swirling around in his mind, and perhaps some doubt is set in, or some, you know, he can't, he can't continue to watch the miracles of Christ and verify what's being said. So he just wants affirmation, confirmation. So he sent word by his disciples, John's disciples, and said to him, are you the expected one? And what what he means by that is, are you the one that was prophesied to come in the Old Testament to be the Messiah, to be the anointed one? Uh, he, He wants to just verify, Jesus, are you the one? Or shall we look for someone else? And now Jesus is answering John the Baptist's disciples who will go back and report to him, Jesus answered and said to them, go and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear, the dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who does not take offense at me. Now, one of the things that Jesus is quoting there and talking about all the miracles he's already doing, he's like, hey, John, believe based on the fact that I've, you know, backed up my words through the miraculous. And when he says the poor have the gospel preached to them, he's referring to Isaiah 61. And there's such a cool story. And I believe it's in Luke chapter four, when Jesus is beginning his ministry and he goes into the synagogue and they the daily reading in a synagogue is about to be done and they give Jesus the scroll and he reads it and he reads Psalm 61, which talks about the Messiah coming and what the Messiah is going to do, including preaching the gospel of the good news and making the blind see all these things. And he reads that and he's reading it about himself in the synagogue. He, all eyes are stared upon him. When he finishes reading, he rolls up the scroll and then he says, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. He says to them in that synagogue that day, I am the Messiah. (laughs) Just like this is what the Messiah is supposed to do. This is what I'm doing, and I am he. It's a very bold uh, move by Jesus, and uh, uh, but, but a true statement. And here, Jesus is telling John's disciples that the passages about the Messiah in the Old Testament are... I'm 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 him. I'm confirming those things. As these men were going away, so verse seven, they're going back to John. Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. 
So he's got crowds around him, and he's, he's going to affirm who John the Baptist was now. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? Because John preached out there, a reed shaken by the wind. But what did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing because he wore like camel's clothing. Those who wear soft clothing are in king's palaces. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes. Jesus confirms that John the Baptist was a prophet. I tell you, and one who is more than a prophet, he's saying he's he's elevating John. This is the one whom it it is written, Behold, I send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. Now, that's written in the Old Testament in the book of Malachi. And what Jesus is confirming is that John is the one that was prophesied to come to prepare the way for the Messiah, for Jesus. It happens to be John the Baptist, Jesus's cousin, who was born from Elizabeth. But he's saying John was that guy. There was a guy who was to come to prepare the way for Jesus. John's that guy. Truly I say to you, verse 11, among those born of women, there has not arisen anyone greater than John the Baptist. So he's 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 really elevating John. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And that's an interesting dichotomy there. You know, he's saying there's no one greater, but yet one who's least in the kingdom of he- heaven is greater than he. Now, John's about to die. John's going to get killed in prison. And, you know, he's not going to live in the church age. He's not going to live to see the cross, to see Pentecost and the Holy Spirit come upon all who believe in Jesus and the, the full Christian church age to begin. And and we now are in that church age and we've been promised eternal life and and we live for the kingdom now while we wait for the kingdom to come. And what he's saying is, although John the Baptist is great, he's not going to live in the era to see the fullness of what he came to prepare. Um, so in a sense, we have a greater blessing living on this side of the cross. From the days of John, verse 12, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and violent men take it by force. And and what he's saying is, is that, you know, John was is persecuted. Jesus is persecuted. The disciples will be persecuted. If you were with us in chapter 10 of Matthew, you heard about all the warnings that the disciples got about what's going to happen to them because of their uh, witness of who Jesus is and how the world's going to be against them. And, and here John's in prison. Jesus is going to be put on the cross. And he's just preparing everyone that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. For all the prophets in the law prophesied until John. And if you're willing to accept that John himself is Elijah who is to come, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Interesting. We'll hear that passage in Revelation quite a bit. And isn't it interesting? <laughs> I'm just noticing that now. Uh, we'll get into this in Revelation. But in the first three chapters of Revelation, it'll say, He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. A little bit later, that part at the end is removed. Let him see uh, to the churches. And here, because the church hasn't begun in verse 15, Jesus just says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. But he doesn't say to the churches yet. Interesting. Anyways, that prophet about Elijah, um, that was from Malachi. It was another prophecy about the John the Baptist who was going to come before Jesus came in the, in, the, in the spirit of Elijah. And John came in the spirit of Elijah. 
Jesus is confirming that again, that John fulfilled that prophecy of preparing the way for Jesus. Um, two different passages in the Old Testament kind of pointing to similar things. Now it's going to get into, um, you know, part of a teaching with Jesus that, again, I think is probably rarely talked about. And, you know, in the previous chapter, in chapter 10, we talked about how there's going to be persecution. And even in a person's own family, there's going to be division because of the gospel and how we can't shrink back and how we need to, um, we need to keep speaking, even, even if there's persecution. And at the end of chapter 10, it even said, you know what, if you were to go witnessing for me and someone receives what you have to say, or even just listens, or even provides you a cup of water, there's a level of humility and interest in hearing what you have to say about the gospel, like that person um, shall not lose his reward. You know, like God looks at that really favorably when someone's humble enough to hear your testimony and witness about Jesus. And ones who reject it, Jesus is very harsh toward. And there's there's consequences. Listen, there's consequences in this life when someone's trying to teach you the truth about Jesus and you just have a hardened heart and reject it, that's not, you better repent and you better come to the Lord. Because if you don't, you're going to get what you deserve. And, and Jesus like is very clear about that. And, and he's not just filled with compassion about it. He's kind of like, listen, if you're going to reject my witnesses, you're going to be reject me, you're going to pay. And that's just the way it's going to be. And here's what we're going to see now. Again, not something that's probably normally talked about. But to what shall I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplace who call to the other children and say, we played the flute for you. And imagine children being like, hey, we're doing this concert for you in the streets. Come out and see us, you know, but no one came. We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking and they say he has a demon. That's what they do for God's people. They call John a demon. The son of man, Jesus, came eating and drinking. And they say, behold, a gluttonous man and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. That's what many do. Ah, he's not real. This is made up. And yet, what does Jesus say here? Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. Wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. Man, there's a lot to that, you know. Um, may our lives, the way we live them, honor our Lord and Master so that when people say false things about us, we'd be able to say, you know what? Go ahead, take a look at my life. Okay, it may not be perfect, but you know what? L live your life to honor the Lord and and really make make people look silly who reject or persecute you. Um, yeah, you know, it's sometimes it's kind of, kind of sad. I think about, uh, some friends in my life, like it's weird, you know, like sometimes like old, old friends, old high school friends or whatever, you know, I've been walking with the Lord for like 20 years, you know? And I, I think sometimes they can't believe that I'm now pastor at church or that I've been in ministry. And uh, 
yeah, it's just it's really interesting um, how some will fail to look at you in that light because that's just not the person they knew, you know, they knew before. And, you know, I'm thinking of some of my friends who, you know, at time they just some of these are old friends that I don't see very often. And it's like they really, really don't listen to what I have to say. And I think about all the times that I have been with them over 20 years. I can think of times when, um, you know, we went on like camping trips or maybe there was a bachelor party or something. And I can remember times they would be going to strip clubs and stuff like that. And I'd just stay home. I wouldn't go. I can remember times where, you know, everybody's drinking, but they, they haven't seen me get drunk in 20 years. Um, they know that I don't use foul language. They know that I... I try to be a witness for the Lord, and yet, like, they still don't want to look at their high school buddy in a different light and and see what I have to say. They really don't want to talk about Jesus. And, um, you know, they have every opportunity to to learn, to talk, to see what happened. What happened to Jay, you know? But uh, they don't. and. Uh, Sadly, people are going to need to come to Jesus before they die. Otherwise, they're going to pay the consequences of their unbelief. So this kind of hits home for me. Then he began to denounce the cities in which most of his miracles were done because they did not repent. And, you know, that's really ultimately what Jesus is looking for. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. When you turn away from your old life and you turn towards Jesus, when you turn away from sin and you turn towards Jesus, when you turn away from doubt and you turn towards the Bible, when you repent of living the old way and you begin to embrace new life in Jesus Christ, that's what he wants. He wants us to turn towards him and turn away from our old lives to believe in him and live a new life in his name. And when so much has been offered to you and when he's given us his word, when he's done all these miracles, when people have witnessed to you and yet you just don't change, you just have a hardened heart and you just stay the way that you are, you don't consider the things of Jesus, this is what he says. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the miracles had occurred in Tyre and Sidon, which occurred in you, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. You've had every opportunity and you still aren't turning to Jesus. Nevertheless, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will not be exalted to heaven, will you? You will descend to Hades, for if the miracles had occurred in Sodom, which occurred in you, it would have remained to this day. Nevertheless, I say to you that it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. There is a day of judgment coming. And, and you're going to be judged on what you do with Jesus and what you do with the Bible. That's what it's coming down to, y'all. Everybody is going to stand before the judge. And the question is, is did you believe in Jesus and the word of God? Are you prepared to meet your Savior? Hey, one thing's for sure. I talked to an old friend, uh, Larry Pettiford. Uh, him and I keep in touch a little bit. And he's like, he was saying the other day, I thought it was really good. There's one thing for certain that I want to share with you. You're going to die and you're going to go somewhere. You're going to die and you're going to go somewhere. Are you ready? And may everyone who's listening to this, may you be ready through faith in Jesus. Listen, if you're not, if you don't have faith in Jesus, you are in sin and you're unforgiven of your sin. 
you're going to pay the consequences of your sin. The only way to be freed is to trust in Jesus because he died to take your sin. And you have to place your faith in him or you're going to hell. All of us are sentenced to condemnation because our sin separates us from God. But God, in his great love, said, I'm going to send my son to die for you, to take your place, to take your sin. And then he rose from the dead and he was victorious over the grave. And he buried your sin. And he, 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 if you believe in him, and, and really what you should do is get baptized. Because when you get baptized as an adult, what you're doing is you're identifying with Jesus' death for you. And you go underwater and you die there if you stayed in there. But that's identifying with Jesus dying for you. And then when you come up out of that water, it's as though like Jesus raised from the dead, you're being raised to new life in him. So your baptism symbolizes the fact that you accept Jesus's death and resurrection. And as a result, you die to your old way and you begin to live the new way for Jesus Christ. You place your faith in him and then you won't have to face judgment. You will be right in the eyes of God. And then you begin to grow and become more holy and live for him and live a fruitful life because of what he's done for you. Listen, you got to turn to Jesus and repent. You can't get to heaven on your own goodness. You're not good enough. I'm not good enough. None of us are. The only way to heaven, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's only one way to heaven, and it's through Jesus Christ, and you got to believe in him. Why face the judgment? Seek the Lord. Be humble. Come to him. I'm telling you, life will be better. It's been way better for me. Hallelujah. And now I live life with the promise of eternal life. That's such a great comfort. You know what? Who knows? I could die today. But if I do, I'm going to be okay. Hallelujah. I'll be with the Lord. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Basically, the ones who are humble, you've got to be humble to come to Jesus. You can't be prideful and just reject the message. You've got to come humbly. Yes, Father, for this was way was well-pleasing in your sight. All things have been handed over to me. By my Father, hey, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go and make disciples. All authority has been given to Jesus. And no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wills to reveal him. And you know what? I believe the Son reveals himself to everyone. It's just a matter of whether you're going to turn to him in repentance or not. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And, you know, I I believe that. Listen, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Hallelujah. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus wants you to come to him, and he wants to give you rest. And one of the greatest rests is to know that you're going to heaven that you have a Lord and a Savior who died for you and you're promised eternal life and you have rest for your soul and that makes your yoke more easy and your burden light because you know where you're going and it gives you peace. I tell you what, if you haven't, I encourage you to place your faith in Jesus Christ. you got to say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose from the dead. I repent of my sin, and I turn to you in faith. Oh, Lord, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for forgiving me. Please give me the gift of eternal life. 
And now empower me, God, through the power of your spirit to live for you. You know, rewind that. Pray that again. Say that prayer. Believe it. And then, you know what? Get get tight with some men of God. Go visit your pastor. Get baptized. Make this thing official. And, and, and begin a new journey of life in him. God bless you all.